Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson. Also, John Gavlosky with the province will stop by to talk about insects. We'll also hear from Kim Brown Livingston. We'll give us a weed update. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown-Livingston. Not a lot of weed growth yet. It's just been really dry. I think a lot of us are really suffering um, from a lack of moisture right now. And so, you know, we've had a really good run at seeding. Um, uh, the weeds just, uh, we haven't seen a lot of weed growth yet. They will come. Um, I think we need to be prepared that, you know, when we get uh, any kind of bit of rain, um, you know, our soils are warming up nicely, but I think we really need, once we get start to get some of that precipitation, we're going to see the weeds just explode. So it's been very slow so far. Our perennials are growing. You know, we've seen some good growth on the quack grass and you know, the dandelions are coming and that type of thing. And, and we're starting to see the foxtail barley, weeds like that, that, that are getting bigger now. But for annual weeds, um, just not a lot yet, but they will be here. They're, they'll be coming. Yeah, and I guess, you know, just when that happens, uh, maybe talk a little bit about about scouting and, and what farmers should maybe look for. Yeah, um, I think one thing, too, if our weeds are coming late, um, you know, we're going to have to make sure that we get, uh, they're maybe going to be fairly small when we when we finally do get to spray them. So coverage is going to be a real issue. We're going to make sure you've got lots of water, make sure you've got right, the right nozzles, you know, calibrate the sprayer, make sure everything's going well. Um, so coverage is going to be crucial, especially on small weeds. So we have seen this in other years when the weed growth has been slow. Sometimes the crops get up and get going. So we have a lot of weeds and kind of we wait, wait, wait. Um, we need to spray everything within the right stages. Um, so of course, you know, we don't want our, our crop to get too big, but you know, we're a ways away from that right now. But, um, our weeds, especially like if we are spraying them when they're, when they're small, if we don't have a lot to spray, but we decide that we have to spray anyways, um, you know, you want to make sure you get really good coverage. That's going to be crucial. Talk about, I guess, temperatures and, and how that plays in. Yeah, well, up until very recently, we've had some cool nights. And so I know in the last week or two, we were getting a lot of calls on what was happening. You know, we had some fairly hard frost uh, late at night, um, in, or lately, sorry. And, you know, we had some temperatures as low as minus 8, I think, in certain places in the province. But a lot of us um, elsewhere in the province, we were r- routinely seeing that minus 2 to minus 5 at night and night after night. And it's really difficult to spray um, in those conditions or after those conditions just because the weeds have to be actively growing to take up any chem- any chemical. So we want our weeds to resume growth. So if we've had some light frost, then we want to wait and make sure that our you know we've got a nice day. Um, we want to see our temperatures at least at 8 degrees and rising for a couple of hours. So usually by mid-afternoon or by early afternoon, we're able to spray. But when we've had night after night after night of, of cold temperatures, uh, you really want to try to make sure that those weeds are growing. So sometimes you've got to wait a little bit longer and make sure those weeds are actively growing or they don't take up any of the chemicals. Anything else to highlight here, Kim? Or I just think when the weeds come, they will come. And we just need to be really ready to go. I think everybody's just kind of ready and waiting. Like I said, we've had a real good run at seeding and we're waiting. Um, a lot of guys didn't do much of a pre-burn spray. There just wasn't much up. We had a very early seeding system, uh, season. So again, not a lot up at the time that they were ready to spray. 
So I think if you did miss that pre-burn um, and you're, you know, we really have to make sure, you know, we, we get a good shot at those weeds in crops. So just really watch your scouting and get out there and um, and do a good walk on that field. It's, when the weeds are coming and they're really small, it's, you can't see them unless you're physically walking the field. If you're doing a drive-by or even a drive-over, um, it's still a good idea to get out and physically walk. There's a, there'll be a lot of small stuff starting to come, um, but it's small and you really don't, you know, don't see it there until you take a good hard look at it. So, but just be everything, everybody will be ready to go, I think, once the weeds start to come. But uh, we've just got to wait till they're there before we can spray them. That was Kim Brown Livingston, Provincial Weed Specialist. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Bungie's Altona plant has received global recognition for its commitment to safety and productivity. Out of more than 350 facilities located in more than 40 countries, the Altona plant made the podium as the best large facility for its safety performance and as best refining facility for its productivity results. The company says both awards were achieved in a year of exceptional challenges related to the COVID-19 pandemic, with the team coming through successfully. Weeds are not a big concern yet for farmers. Kim Brown Livingston is the province's weed specialist. Not a lot of weed growth yet. It's just been really dry. I think a lot of us are really suffering from a lack of moisture right now. And so, you know, we've had a really good run at seeding. We haven't seen a lot of weed growth yet. They will come. I think we need to be prepared that, you know, when we get any kind of bit of rain, you know, our soils are warming up nicely. But I think we really need, once we get start to get some of that precipitation, we're going to see the weeds just explode. And Manitoba farmers have been seeing cutworms in the fields. John Gavlosky is with Manitoba Agriculture. With the cutworms, it's mainly the dingy cutworm that people would notice right now. They're a species that overwinters as a partially grown larva. So if you're poking around in the soil, you might start seeing some of those. I haven't had any reports of big populations, but some people are noticing some of them. Gavlosky says flea beetles are also emerging. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, May 17th. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler catches up with President of APAS, Todd Lewis, to talk about seeding progress in Bill C-208. Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler catches up with the President of APAS, Todd Lewis, to talk about seeding progress and Bill C-208. Well, in our area south of Virginia here, really everybody's had a pretty good run and, uh, We'll, we, we've uh, finished up on the weekend here, and, and uh, so really in our area, you know, it would be fully two-thirds to, you know, 100% in some cases, and, and uh, you know, really I think across the entire province, it's uh, probably 50% to two-thirds done in total, and uh, so, I mean, when you get a run like this, uh, a lot of acres go in every day, and the percentages go up, and uh I think, you know, we had cer- certainly haven't had any rain to stop us, so uh, producers have been taking advantage of the of the good weather and getting their crops in. A nice slow soaker over a few days would be perfect. That's what everybody's hoping for, but uh, I think any, any black cloud that drops up will be welcome. <laughs> That's right. Todd, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today is the fact that we saw Bill 208, a private member's bill, pass third reading in Parliament last week. Talk to us a little bit about this bill. Maybe set the stage for people so they understand what the bill's about and why it's so important. Well, it's it's uh, to do with farm uh, secession planning and and uh, when uh, 
a producer, an active producer wants to exit the industry, uh, there's been a wrinkle in the uh, tax act that uh, really treats uh, family members differently than at arm at arm's length uh, people. So in a situation where a father wanted to uh, sell his or sell his operation to a, a son or daughter, uh, there is different tax implications and more difficult tax implications for the family member than that would be if they sold it to a stranger. So uh, it's not something that uh, comes up, you know, what's once in a lifetime, certainly for, for, uh, for, for an individual. And, and it's not for every, it doesn't happen to every farmer. I mean, quite often it's passed along uh, other ways. So, so it's just one of those situations where uh, we've been working on this for, a long time really uh you know back at uh you know at the canadian federation of agriculture i mean uh this has been a lobby that's been really going on for well i mean 10 years or more and uh so you know it's been uh something that we've been close to before uh getting the change but uh due to elections or getting it dropped or as things happen you know in the parliamentary system but uh you know with this minority par- parliament uh you know, Mr. McGuire in Manitoba has been able to get this through, and uh, congratulations to him and to all members of Parliament that uh, got this looked after finally and changed this regulation. It really, really levels the playing field, you know, between families and non, you know, non non family members as far as being able to uh, purchase a farm and, and pass that land on to the next generation. Bill C two hundred eight and now moves to the Senate. Yes, and we're just hoping that, uh, of course, at the Senate, uh, they'll they'll uh, pass it in due order and uh, we'll get it signed into law. I've been talking with Todd Lewis. Todd is president of APAS, the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. Joining us now is John Gavlowski, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture, to talk about the recent crop pest update. So we mentioned a couple insects in the report, one being flea beetles, the other being cutworms. Both are starting to show themselves. Uh, With the cutworms, it's mainly the dingy cutworm that people would notice right now. They're a species that overwinters as a partially grown larva, so... Uh, if you're poking around in the soil, you might start seeing some of those. I haven't had any reports of big populations, but some people are noticing some of them. Now, the other thing that is out is the flea beetles. There's an earlier emerging species called the striped flea beetle. It's the earlier emerging of our two problem species in canola. They're definitely out. Um, in some areas, there's significant numbers out. So anybody who's got canola starting to come out of the ground, starting to emerge, it's a good thing to monitor for flea beetles and other early season insects. What about um, army worms? Is that something to watch for? Yes, and when we talk about army worms, we're not talking in this case about Bertha army worm that eats canola and flax and some broadleaf crops. We're talking about an insect called armyworm, or some people call it true armyworm or cereal armyworm. They prefer cereal crops, and any, any kind of grassy crop is their preferred host. So perennial forage grasses, cereal crops. Now, they migrate in, these armyworms. They, they don't overwinter here. And we do have some pheromone beta traps set up, and we're trying to determine 
when they migrate in and in what numbers, or if they migrate in, I should say. Uh, some years we barely see them. Other years they'll show up uh, often at June in significant numbers. So we're trying to determine if they do show up and in what numbers. Diamondback moth, I guess, talk a little bit about the, the forecast there. Yeah, so we've got about um, oh, 80 or 90 traps set up across the province, and these are uh, traps with a sticky insert. And what we're trying to do with these traps is determine, have diamondback moth blown into Manitoba? Because once again, they don't overwinter well in Manitoba. Primarily, they blow in, and if we get a problem, it's going to be because we've had significant populations blowing from the south. So we put up these traps early, and we're trying to determine um, when they blow in and what numbers. So we've had the traps up since late April, early May. We've caught one moth in total in the province so far, uh, that in the trap near Austin. So right now, nothing significant to report, so... Uh, everything's looking good right now as far as Diamondback and, and Armyworm goes, but that can change, so keep posted. And what about uh, grasshoppers? Now, grasshoppers, I have had people comment that they're seeing grasshoppers already, which actually isn't surprising. All our, all our pest species overwinter as eggs, and you won't see them until at least another couple weeks. They usually start emerging in late May, early June. There's a few non-pest species that overwinter as partially grown nymphs. So you'll see them early in the spring. Often you'll see them in pasture lands or sometimes field edges. There's also a species called the pasture grasshopper that overwinters as eggs, but it hatches really early. But it's never in significant numbers, and we don't really consider that one a pest species. So uh, any grasshoppers you're seeing now are not going to be species that will do significant damage to any crops. The potential pest species will start hatching out at the very end of May or beginning of June. Any other insects to watch for? Uh, No. The only other thing we discussed in the update was uh, date of seeding in canola and how that might affect flea beetle risk. And uh, a key message there is, Anything you can do to get your crop from the day you seed until the three to four leaf stage within three to four weeks is going to reduce your risk of flea beetle feeding. So seeding into conditions that uh, result in quick germination and a good early growth will help reduce that risk. That was John Kowalski, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food is hosting an egg chat May 24th. Go to the MWAF website. Manitoba Pork is offering an online workshop entitled What Can Biosecurity Software Offer My Farm? That'll take place Tuesday, May 25th, starting at 1.30. 4-H Manitoba is hosting a video contest on now until the end of the month. The contest gives Manitoba members and clubs a chance to showcase what they're doing this year. Visit the 4-H Manitoba website and Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, 
Last week, the Manitoba government announced it is investing more than $800,000 to help sustain the province's world-class fisheries. I caught up with Agriculture and Resource Development Minister Blaine Peterson. We've uh, made the announcement, $600,000 for uh, fund in new funding for enhanced monitoring of our fisheries. This is for data collection and on both our high-use recreational angling lakes and their uh, mixed-use fisheries, uh, you know, where there's commercial fishing and recreational fishing, because we need that data to make sure we know what the fish stocks are so we can monitor fish populations. And also, this will also work towards eco-certification for our commercial fisheries, which is a very important marketing tool for our commercial fisheries to have that eco-certification. That's what the market is looking for. And that's what we need to work for. And then also we've uh, bought a new fish hatchery stocking truck. The old truck was aged and breaking down and very limited in its capacity to take up this new truck, uh, you know, just being a new truck, reliability. And also it's got uh, six individual tanks, so it, it's much more efficient to be able to deliver. This, this truck delivers... Uh, to about 100 water bodies across Manitoba, all across Manitoba, tens of millions of walleye fry and almost 500,000 trout is what is delivered each year. So this is good news for the fishing industry and, and recreational fishing across Manitoba. Yeah, and I guess um, just on the recreational side of things, um, with, with COVID restrictions, it's probably a good time to, to get out on the, on, on the water. You can get your fishing license on on e-license you can go online to get your license or there's still others you know if you want to you can go to a few select stores to still get it but it's very easy to get an e-license and which really goes into our rural broadband announcement that we made too to enhance broadband across uh, 350 or sorry under uh, around 300 communities uh, upgrading or introducing high-speed internet to them and uh, increasing cell phone access to 350 communities across Manitoba. So this is this is huge for rural Manitoba, rural yeah, and northern Manitoba. Yeah, I guess on that note, just you know, what what's that going to mean for uh, rural Manitobans? Well, we sort of compare this to uh, a few of us, not necessarily remember, but we remember history as the rural electrification, how it brought just tremendous changes to rural and northern Manitoba. This is the same thing. Businesses, homes just need broadband access to operate these days. With, you know, whether it's a pandemic or whether you're operating the business, it, this is huge for them. And, and uh, ExploreNet has got a very aggressive timetable on this to get it out there to all across rural and northern Manitoba. So it's just fantastic for, for Manitoba. That was Manitoba's Agriculture and Resource Development Minister, Blaine Peterson. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba farmers have been seeing some grasshoppers. John Gavlosky is with Manitoba Agriculture. Grasshoppers, I have had people comment that they're seeing grasshoppers already, which actually isn't surprising. All our pest species overwinter as eggs. And you won't see them until at least another couple weeks. They usually start emerging in late May, early June. There's a few non-pest species that overwinter as partially grown nymphs. You'll see them early in the spring, 
often you'll see them in pasture lands or sometimes field edges. There's also a species called the pasture grasshopper that overwinters as eggs, but it hatches really early. But it's never in significant numbers, and we don't really consider that one a pest species. Kowalski says flea beetles and cutworms are also starting to show up. And farmers haven't had many weed concerns so far this year. Kim Brown Livingston is the province's weed specialist. It's been very slow so far. Our perennials are growing. You know, we've seen some good growth on the quack grass and you know, the dandelions are coming and that type of thing. And, and we're starting to see the foxtail barley, weeds like that, that that are getting bigger now. But for annual weeds, just not a lot yet, but they will be here. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.